Good morning, South Park Church. I'm Pastor Kyle Thompson. I want to thank you all for being here today, whether you're in person or watching online or listening to our podcast. It's great to have you with us. As Kevin said, we're in the midst of a series talking about celebrating the best gift. And in two weeks from this Sunday, in this space, we'll be celebrating Christmas and we will be lifting up the best gift that we could ever receive. And that's a personal, loving relationship with Jesus Christ. And so, I'm glad you're here to be a part of this discussion. Uh, One way that we try to celebrate that best gift of Christ is on Christmas, which is Jesus' birthday, is to give Jesus a gift. Now, when you think about giving Jesus a gift, that's probably hard because what do you get the God who has everything already? And so uh, one thing that we do here traditionally every year at South Park Church is that we take up a special Christmas offering and we give 100% of that away. And we choose prayerfully two ministries each year that we will support with the Christmas Eve offering. And we split the money in half uh, and give it away and just ask them to be a blessing in the communities that they serve. And so uh, I'm excited today to talk to you a little bit about uh, one of our recipients this year in 2019. It's New Story Church, uh, which is a United Methodist congregation in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Uh, They serve an underprivileged, uh, tough part of Winston-Salem. It's a multi-site church. They have a couple of different campuses. And so uh, they feed hungry people, and they give clothes to people who don't have any. Uh, They help people who are battling addictions to drugs and alcohol and just do amazing things in ministry. And so um, they're considered a mission church, which means basically that the congregation doesn't have enough money to support the church. And so New Story Church is relying upon other churches, upon writing grants, just to carry out the ministry that God has called them to be a part of. And so we have sponsored New Story Church with previous Christmas Eve offerings, Christmas offerings, and we're grateful to be able to do that again today. I'm super excited to have my best friend just after my relationship with my wife, Laura. This is my best friend, Scott. Uh, He is the founding pastor of New Story Church, and he's going to come and deliver God's Word. Uh, He did it earlier today in the first service, and it's just dynamic, fantastic. And he's going to talk a little bit about what New Story does, about our partnership as churches, and how we are serving God and the greater kingdom of God together. Now, one thing you're going to hear from Scott is a story about how we met each other. Uh, Don't believe a word of it. Uh, Every time he comes, he tells a different story about the way we met each other. One time it was, he was my probation officer. Um, Another time, I was a Girl Scout leader. And so he's got got it all beat today, so uh, you're in for a great treat. But uh, Scott has just written uh, his first book called Renegade Ministry. It talks about lessons that he's learned uh, at New Story Church, the ways that they've reached people for Christ. And really, it's a book about stories, about how lives are transformed in everyday life, and it's very powerful. And he's got some copies here if you'd like to pick one up in the lobby. Uh, All the proceeds go to uh, New Story Church's homeless shelter. Uh, Throughout the winter, they open up a shelter for the homeless in Winston-Salem. Every night of the winter, uh, the homeless can come and get a safe place to, to sleep, can get a meal, hear an inspirational message about Jesus. So all the proceeds from Scott's book go uh, to support this this ministry in his church. Uh, He also sells it on Amazon. If you're a Kindle kind of person, you can check it out there, Renegade Ministry. Um, But Scott is truly blessed by God and has a powerful word for us today. If you'll join me in welcoming uh, my best friend to come and preach God's word today. Thank you. Thank you. It is good to be back. I kind of feel like 
South Park Church is my church as well. I've preached here several times, and you all are always so friendly and warm and gracious. Kyle uh, just told you something that is not the truth. And being a bastion of truth myself, I want to correct that right now. And that is the story I'm about to tell you is the truth of how Kyle and I met. Now, the probation story was not true. The Girl Scout story was not true. You are lucky to be here today to tell you how I met Kyle. My third year of divinity school, when I was at Duke Divinity School, one of the roles I played through a class I was taking was I was the chaplain for a nursing home in Burlington. And so I would go there and sit with the people in the nursing home and meet with them, sometimes lead them in activities. And one day I was sitting and I saw Kyle. Now, I didn't know Kyle at the time, never heard his name, never had any idea who he was. Kyle walks in and he's got about six older ladies with him. And I see him talking to someone at the front desk and she points over at me. And Kyle walks up and says, are you the chaplain? And I said, well, yes, I'm one of the chaplains here. And Kyle said... I'm here with these women today to lead the knitting group for the, uh, for, the, for the nursing home. And I said, well, okay. And about once a week, Kyle would come in after that to lead the knitting group. And, and we sort of knew each other. But when Kyle and I got tight was, I'll never forget, one Thursday, Kyle came in and he had this box and it had a bow on it. And he walked up to me and handed me the box. And I thought, well, and I said, what's this? And he said, it's something for you for Christmas. I thought, okay. So I said, should I open it now? And he said, it'd be embarrassing, but okay, go ahead. And so I took off the bow and I opened it. And Kyle, just, he's got the best heart. Kyle had knitted me a pair of mittens. (laughs) And to this day, I still wear those mittens. And when I put them on, I think of Kyle. (laughs) When I told this story at the early service, we, we were... Um, standing out, Kyle and I, afterwards, and I guess you all have a knitting club at your church. And a woman came up and said, Kyle, I expect to see you this, this week at our knitting club. And I thought, this is great. So if you need booties, if you need a scarf, <laughs> if you need mittens, that's your guy right there. So uh, before I start this morning, I want to say something to you all from my heart, and that's this. I am so proud of you as a church. You all have taken some of the boldest steps I have ever seen as a church. And I know it's tough setting up and meeting in here every week, but this morning on the way over here, I drove by where your new church is going to be, and it's awe-inspiring, and I hope it's going to be a testament to the faith in all of Charlotte, the faith that you all had to do that. And I know there has been tough times, and I know there's probably been tears, and there's been actually blood, sweat, and tears, and, and hurt feelings, but you've done it. You've, you've made it this far and you're right on the edge. And as someone who has prayed for you all the time and as someone who has watched you all go through this, just as someone from the outside and sort of the inside, I want to tell you I am proud of you and you are doing great work. And, and the stuff that you all do, you know, I know it has been tough. Kyle shared with me the stories. Um, but it reminds me of this. I don't know about you, but for me personally... My, it's always easier for me to see God when I'm looking in the rearview mirror. It's always easier for me to see God when after I've gone through something to then look back and see where God was working. I don't know about you, but I sometimes find it very challenging in the midst of something. When I'm praying for something and I'm not hearing an answer. When I'm asking God questions and and I seem to hear nothing. When, When I'm begging God to show me the direction to go and 
and, and it seems like God is really far away. Those times for me are tough times in the faith, those times where I, I feel doubt, and I'm like, God, please strengthen my faith, and, and nothing seems to happen at times. That even happens to pastors, too. I'm sure you're like me. In those times, it's easy to wonder, where is God? Where is God working? How is, how is God even in this? And then sometimes six months later or a year later or five years later, I can look backwards and I can say, oh, there was God. Oh, oh there was God. Oh, that's how God worked. What, what I'd like to be able to do is to learn how to be able to see God more in the present, to see how when I'm in the midst of something going on, where God is working. And this morning, what I want to do is tell you a story that I think it happened at our Walltown campus just a couple months ago. And it's a story that I know has really taught me to better see how God is working now. Because if we can see how God's working in our lives as it's going on, I think it's just a little bit easier to keep the faith. It's a little bit easier to praise God. And so I want to start with a verse that I want to read out to you. It's maybe my favorite verse in the Bible. It comes from Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Just one verse. Here it is. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Now, to tell you this story this morning, I'm going to have to jump around some. And there's going to come a point this morning where you're going to think, where is this guy going with this? Just stick with me. I promise you I will bring it together in the end. Our story starts 30 years ago with a man named Keith Phillips. Keith Phillips was teaching math at a place called the Oak Ridge Military Academy when Keith felt God stirring, moving in his life to leave that behind and become a dentist. And so Keith went to dental school and became a dentist. And about seven years ago, Keith, in his dental work, he had a great dental practice. He started volunteering at a place called the Prodigals. The Prodigals was a long-term faith-based rehab center in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And Keith would go out there and do free dental work with the men who were living there. There'd be 15 to 20 men in recovery from drugs or alcohol who would live out there. And Keith would go out there and do free dental work. Well, Keith happened to be one of the people who helped start New Story Church, the place where I'm the pastor. And so right from the beginning of our time as a church, we as a church, when we only had 10 people, we would go out to prodigals and we would serve a meal to them out there and they would have worship. I would lead worship a lot. And when we moved from worshiping in my house to worshiping in a bowling alley, almost all the guys in the prodigals community started coming to our new church. It was wonderful. We had all these guys coming who were in recovery. Well, about a year after that, the prodigals community started to have real severe financial troubles, and their board of directors came to New Story Church and said, would you all take over our campus? We're going to go out of business. We're not going to make it anymore, but would you take over our campus and make it a second campus of New Story Church? Well, we were shocked. We had only existed as a church for about 18 months. We couldn't believe God was working this fast. And we said, we will pray about this because we were nervous. The Walltown area of Winston-Salem, where the Prodigals was located, is one of the roughest areas of Winston-Salem. There's crimes, there's gang work. One of our pastors was actually shot out there. We've almost had a riot out there. But they, they came to us and said, would you consider taking this as a campus? And we felt God leading us in that direction but we said, we got to pray about it because we were really nervous about the financial situation. We didn't know how we could swing it financially. 
About 25 years ago, I actually met Kyle. I did not meet him at the nursing home. To my knowledge, Kyle does not knit booties. Although, it wouldn't surprise you if he did, would it? <laughs> like, Kyle's one of those guys, I could tell you almost anything, no matter how ridiculous it sounded, and you go, Kyle Thompson? Yeah, that, that could happen. <laughs> Kyle and I actually met in the ministry and um, became really close friends. Then eight years ago, Kyle was appointed out here as your pastor. Then six years ago, Kyle invited me to come out here for the first time, and he said, we'd like to give New Story Church half our Christmas offering. And so six years ago, I came out here and told you how we were thinking about starting this campus out in the Walltown community, and you all, in an unbelievable demonstration of generosity, gave us half your Christmas Eve offering, and that Christmas Eve offering allowed us to start our Walltown campus. Soon after we started our campus out there, we started with worship, and we realized very quickly just how poor the area was. Winston-Salem has the third highest rate of childhood hunger in the entire nation. And so we said, we've got to start feeding ministries out here. And so we started a feeding ministry where now every week we feed between 100 and 150 people. Here's a picture of it on the screen from our Thanksgiving meal. We actually fed over 200 people who would have had nothing else to eat. We did that a couple of weeks ago. And then soon after we started the feeding ministry, we, we saw people who were coming to our campus for food or to worship, and we saw that that in the winter they wouldn't have any clothes, and the clothes they had were dirty. So we started a clothing closet, and here's the picture of that. This is just one of the rooms. We actually have five rooms that look like this. And as we were feeding them and as we were giving them clothes, a lot of people started coming to our worship service. And we have amazing worship services on Monday nights now out there. This next picture is of one of our baptismal services that we did um, pretty recently ago. So far this year, we've baptized 44 people and had professions of faith from them out there. Six years ago, I came here and you all gave us money to help start our Walltown campus. And because of that, we now are able to do the feeding that we do and we are able to do the clothes closet that we do and we have um, all the spirituality that we do out there. 20 Three years ago, a man named Brian Nason, who is a Christian, said, you know what, I want to I take my spirituality, I want to take my being a Christian, and I want to use it in the financial services area. And so Brian went to work for a group that eventually became Ameriprise, and about four months ago, Brian's wife called me, and he said, our company has one day a year that everybody across the nation in the company goes out and does a day of service, and this year, we'd like to do it at New Story Walltown, and we'd like to bring a big group of people out and work in your clothes closet, sort stuff, whatever is needed. And I said, that is awesome. When do you want to do it? And she said, I want to do it in two weeks on a Friday. That's the day that we do it. And my heart jumped and my heart sank. My heart jumped because it was volunteer labor and we always needed it so badly. And I was thrilled to have a bunch of people come out and help. My heart sank because Friday is normally the day we all try to take off. And so I was thinking, oh, not Friday. But of course, I said to Mary Beth, sure, great. That'll be awesome. Come on out. And so... Two weeks later, Mary Beth and her husband Brian bring a, bring a whole group of volunteers out. 
And they start working in our clothes closet. And we had had bags and bags of clothes that had stacked up over time. And so they're, un- they're undoing the bags and they're hanging all these clothes. And thanks be to God, tons of it was winter clothes and coats because every year we give out about 100,000 pieces of clothes. And what we always need the most are coats. And so they're hanging all these coats. They're working. They're laughing. It's awesome. And they're moving so quickly that I leave our clothes closet and I walk back down out of one building over to our offices to grab more boxes of clothes. As I'm doing this, a man kind of steals up behind me and he says, are you the pastor? Now, in Watown, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, when someone sneaks up behind you, you don't say, oh, sweet, a chance to tell you about Jesus. (laughs) You think, oh, God, please don't hurt me. And he goes, are you the pastor? And I go, yes, yes, I am. I'm always tempted when someone asks me that question to go, no, never heard of him. <laughs> and uh, I said, yes, I am. And he said, I hear you give out coats. Well, I looked at this man. I'm going to call him Anthony. Anthony, it was, this was a very cold morning. It was in the 30s. And Anthony was wearing maybe no more than this. And his clothes were dirty and they were beat up. And I said, ah, we absolutely give out coats. I said, Anthony, where are you staying right now? And he said, I'm sleeping on a porch over about a block away outside. I have a friend who won't let me sleep inside, but he does let me sleep on his porch. And I said, Anthony, how did you hear about us? And he said, I have a friend who is also homeless, who stayed in your homeless shelter a couple years ago and told me how kind you all were to him and how you give out coats to anybody who need it. Four years ago, I came back here and preached again. And I shared with you how we were trying to greatly expand our homeless ministries. And I, you all were, again, so incredibly generous And you gave us four years ago half your Christmas offering. And we used most of that money to expand our homeless ministries that we do in the winter. This winter, and we have for the last four years, we have up to 20 people every single night who come and literally sleep in our church. We take the chairs out of the sanctuary, and they sleep in there. It's mostly men, but we'll take women, and we'll take kids on an emergency basis as well. So four years ago, you all gave us money that helped us expand our homeless ministries. A man came to that and told Anthony that we would give him free coats. And here was Anthony on this Friday morning. I said, absolutely, we'll get you a coat. And I brought him over to the clothes closet. We go upstairs and I I look through a rack of coats that had just been hung up. And I grab one for Anthony and he puts it on. It fits perfectly. And and Anthony had this smile on his face like you would not believe. He was still shivering even with the coat on. Mary Beth then walks in, sees him with this coat on and still shivering. and And she says, you know what? I just unpacked a coat that is huge. And I bet you could put it over you, over the other coat and get even warmer. So Mary Beth walks back into the other room, grabs this coat and brings it out. And it happens to be a Carolina Tar Heels coat. And I think to myself, yeah, I'm not surprised that a Carolina Tar Heels coat would be given to a clothes closet. <laughs> Go Duke. And uh, Mary Beth takes out this coat and, and she puts it on Anthony. And he is just beaming. He's just, how many times have you opened up your closet and said, I have nothing to wear today? Here is Anthony beaming because we have given him two coats. And I say, Anthony, sit down and get warm. And for like 15 minutes, he sits there. And then I say to him, Anthony, have you had anything to eat today? And he said, I haven't had anything to eat for two days. 
And so I take Anthony and we walk down into a different part of the building where we pack all of our bag meals. And I grab Anthony like 10 bag meals and, and, I, and I go to hand them to them. And Anthony reaches out and he hugs me with a hug like, it was just the most loving and kind hug. And, and it, was jo- it was at the same time, it was both incredibly joyous and incredibly horrible. It was joyous because here was a man who was so filled with love that, that he was just hugging me. And it was horrible because I had a Carolina Tar Heels jacket rubbing all, all over me. And I thought, I got to go take a shower. <laughs> if you're a Tar Heels fan, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm really not. <laughs> um, but as Anthony finished hugging me and, he, and, he, and we took a step back, I saw that he had tears coming down his eyes. And then he said something to me that will haunt me for the rest of my life. He said, I thought God had forgotten about me. And when he said that, it took my breath away and I started to tear up myself. And I'm not a tear up kind of guy. Because when he said that, I instantly remember the times in my own life where I felt like God had forgotten about me. And I know you've probably had that experience too. A time when someone close to you was dying and you didn't think that was fair and you weren't ready. Or a time you went to the doctor and and they said, I've got some news that isn't so good. Or a time your boss called you in and said, there's not going to be a position for you anymore. I could go on and on and on. But one of those times where you thought, has God forgotten me? Does, Does God even know that I'm here? And Anthony said, I thought God had forgotten about me as he was wearing this coat and and I was handing him food and he was smiling, a smile that just could have set all of heaven into joy. And I said to him, oh, Anthony, God never forgets about you. The Bible says to us, Jesus says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So here is Anthony thinking God had forgotten about him. But here is God starting 30 years ago with a man named Keith Phillips, inspiring him to become a dentist who eventually serves at Walltown. And that eventually becomes our campus. And here's me meeting Kyle 25 years ago, who eventually becomes the pastor of this church. And you all then become so incredibly generous, not because of Kyle, but you all become so incredibly generous that you give out thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to churches like New Story. And here's Brian Nason, 23 years ago, going, saying, I want to use these skills I have for good. And so he works for a company that does, eventually does a national day of service. And because of that, we're there on a Friday when we normally never would have been. And because of people like you all, we're able to have food and clothes to give to a person like Anthony and remind him that God has not forgotten about him. As Anthony was walking towards me, I saw he was limping and I said, are you okay? And he said, my leg's hurting. I don't know if it's infected. And I said, Anthony, we just started a free medical clinic. It's on, it'll be this Thursday, a couple days from now, a week from now. You've got to come. Do you know two years ago when I came here and spoke with you, I told you we're trying to raise money to start a free medical clinic. <laughs> it's taken us two full years. We've had to fight the city. We've had to have all kinds of zoning issues. 
about two months ago, the week before Anthony came, we started the free medical clinic, thanks be to God, because two years ago, you all were so generous that you gave us money that let us do it. Every step of the way in Anthony's, you all, South Park Church, have been the ones that have made it happen. I know sometimes that when we give money to something, it seems like a black hole. We don't know where it's happening. I can tell you, Anthony's life is different. His faith in God is restored because of your generosity. And I could tell you 50 more stories just like Anthony's. It's why I wrote the book, Renegade Ministry, to share stories of the ways that different people have come together, including you all to help change lives for the better and renew people's faith in God. And so I say this to you this morning. Don't ever give up. I know when you're in the midst of it. I know when God seems far away. I know when tears are your best friend. I know when prayers go unanswered. It is so easy to say, this isn't right. I'm praying, I'm trying, I go to church. Where are you? And I think what God is saying is, I'm right with you. You may not see me. You may not know how I'm working. But I promise you, I am working behind the scenes in your life to weave things together like God did in Anthony's life starting 30 years ago. That's what God's doing for you right now. At this very moment in every one of our lives, whether you're sitting here this morning or watching this on video, God, at this moment, is working in your life, knowing the plans that God has for you, saying that God will never leave you or forsake you, saying, in all things, I'm working for your good. So don't ever give up, because at this moment, God is with you, not just as individuals, but as a church. I can guarantee you that from this day until the time you move into your new building, everything's not going to go smoothly. It'd be nice if it would, right? Like, that would be cool. That's never going to happen. We all know it. But during those tough times, during those days when you're tempted to say to yourself, is it worth it? Was it it worth it? Where are you? Just know that God's got a hold of you. And God is going to do incredible things with you, even more so than God's already done. And your new building is going to be just a bastion of spirituality for this entire town. And I am so proud of you. And I just, I cannot thank you enough from the bottom of my heart for changing lives like Anthony's and the thousands of others who have had something to do with New Story Church, including myself. May God bless all of you for that. Can we pray together as the band comes up? Oh, Lord, I I just want to give you praise for the way that you work in our lives. Sometimes it's so easy for us to be angry with you or, or not understand you or wonder where you are. Oh, Lord, thanks for people like Anthony who remind us that you are always working. In all things, you work for the good of those who love you. Oh, Lord, I just ask your blessing on South Park Church a church that has more generosity than any group I have ever seen. 
Might you wrap your arms around them and love them? Might you give them wisdom? Might this place here in this movie theater and in their new building be a place of hope, a place of peace, a place of love, a place of forgiveness, so that every person who walks through the doors might know that they are loved and they are worthy and they are your child. Oh, Lord, might your blessings just pour forth on this place. It's in your great and holy and beautiful and gracious name that we pray. Amen.